0: for the kingdom belongs to his sheep. And your life is in the hands of a God who never sleeps. Fear not, little lamb, for the kingdom belongs to his A God who never hey, and welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby. And today's interview is a really great one. We're super excited to have on Joel Hobaker to talk about blended families.
1: Yeah, Joel is a blended family coach that I connected with on the Christian Podcast Community, which is a great group that Katie, Sam, and I are a part of. That's just really great encouragement for fellow Christian podcasters. Um, and we were really inspired by some of the work he's done with Blended Families. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to have you on today, Joel. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I've enjoyed learning about your podcast and the, uh, the gentle parenting approach. I actually mentioned it to my daughter right before we came on here, uh, but she went, oh, yeah, that would have been nice if you guys hadn't spanked us when we were little kids. So it was like, well,
1: <laughs> you, you know. learn, learn.
2: you know, what do you do? Real yeah, life, yeah. right?
1: That's right. That's real life. Real life, yeah. Joel, tell us just a little about about yourself and, and your story and your family.
2: Yeah, certainly. So I am um, uh, 36. Um, divorced and remarried. Uh, been remarried now for five, just over five years. Uh, my ex-wife is also remarried for about the same length of time. We live about a mile and a half apart in a very small town in Alabama, so everybody knows everybody. And, wow. um, yeah, so a little bit out of necessity, we have uh, worked really hard to put together a very strong blended family. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's taken the help of our spouses as well, the girls' step-parents, their stepmom and their stepdad. And um, so that's, you know, that's been our lives for the better part of the last seven or eight years has been trying to figure out how to do parenting well in a very unusual, but what is becoming a more and more common situation. Um, And again, part of it's because we had to, and part of it's because we really wanted to, even though we weren't real thrilled with each other, uh, we knew that we needed to do what was right by the kids to try to raise them well. And I had a really good example for that growing up. My parents divorced when I was in middle school, and about a year later my mom started dating a man that I still call my stepdad, even though she and mom never, or he and mom never married. Um, But he and I still have a really great relationship. And my mom and dad actually had a better divorce than a lot of people's marriages that I've seen. Mm -hmm. They were kinder to each other. They were respectful of each other. They were helpful and they collaborated well. They never spoke badly of each other. They never used us as pawns. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, you know, I had a great example from them about how to try to do post-divorce life well. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, some, you know, got some good advice from pastors and from friends and counselors. And, uh, and so a lot of credit goes to a lot of different people. But you know, we're, we're now trying to use those experiences to help other people in our situation live life in a more positive and cooperative kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's something that I'm excited about doing. It's something I'm passionate about because of our experience. I've seen it done very poorly. And I'm thankful to have had an opportunity to try to do it well. Uh, The high school where I teach, uh, something around 40 or 50% of the kids I teach come from that type of background as well. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, And so it's just something that, again, it's a huge part of the world I live in. And so it's something that I want to try to help other people do even just a little bit better. So I I appreciate you guys giving me the chance to come on here and and chat with you about it today.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. I come from a blended family myself, so I know how important it is to really Uh, work through those relationships it's not a very natural process in a lot of ways (laughs) So, kind (laughs) of have to keep chugging along Um, so how did that translate how you know as far as working through this in your own family how Mm -hmm. did that translate to starting um, real life leading and kind of blogging and communicating about it there So
2: about two years ago, I was talking with my wife about wanting to do something in addition to teaching high school. I teach and I I coach high school soccer. I've done that for years. And um, I love those things. But I also felt like there were other things that we could do um, that would be helpful in our community, helpful to the people around us. And uh, so I I got into professional speaking. And my my first major topic was focusing on leadership. That's something that I love, that I'm passionate about. And I wrote a book on it uh, about gospel-centric servant leadership. And, you know, while I felt like that was good and it was helpful, I also realized there are a million other people who are kind of in that same space. There are not a lot of people who are living a blended family life. So what I then did is I took the leadership information and principles and tried to apply them to blended families. Okay, so what does this look like in a divorce and remarriage situation? What does it look like to lead where you are? That was one of the three kind of principles that I talked about. What does it look like to be the first? And what does it look like to lead through learning? And so what I came up with was a way to try to help people who are in similar situations to ours apply gospel-centric leadership in their own lives and in their blended family specific kind of situations. And that's kind of grown into what it is now. So uh, at this point, I'm excited about, um, you know, I've got a couple different speaking engagements coming up where I'll be talking about blended family issues. Uh, I spoke at the National Head Start Conference in Orlando, Florida last year about it. That was fun. Uh, I'll be putting on a conference at our church this fall. That'll be fun. And it's just a great way to connect with other people and try to encourage them that, one, you're, you're not alone. There are lots of other people that are dealing with the same issues you are. So let's collaborate and compare notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, two, we made a bunch of mistakes. <laughs> and so if we, can, if we can share those with other people and say, okay, here's what we did poorly. Let me encourage you to maybe go a different route. And help them avoid some, you know, the same way that we try to do with our kids. Like Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily tell our kids every mistake we made, but sometimes it's good to sit down and say, listen, when I was your age, I did the exact same thing you're doing. Let me show you how that took me down a bad road. Let me show you the consequences I suffered. Um, Uh And it's the same kind of, you know, same kind of situation with other blended families. And it's a little diceier because adults don't necessarily like to hear that what they're doing could be better.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs)
2: None of us like to be corrected. Uh, teachers probably least of all because we spend all of our days correcting other kids.
0: <laughs> um,
2: and so one of the major things that we have to learn is we have to learn enough humility to step back and say, okay, I don't know everything I need to know. What mm-hmm. if this person really does have things of value to share with me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be willing to listen or am I just going to argue and try to prove that my position is correct? Yeah. Um, and that's a great lesson learned in Linda families because if the, if the two biological parents that are now not together anymore If they're only ever concerned about winning or getting what they want, it's not gonna work well. It didn't work well when they were married. It's certainly not gonna work well now that they're divorced.
0: Mm -hmm. That's actually the perfect segue into our next question. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you encourage blended families to bond and to co-parent together? um, that is the crux of the issue. I
2: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a very, very good question because that's really kind of the meat of it is how do you get them to do that? And the, the first thing I do is I really try to get, especially if I can get multiple members of the household in the same room, like if I can get the, the ex spouses in the same room, one of the things is to ask them, okay, so what is it that you have in common? Well, the obvious answer is our kids. Okay, great. So what is it that you both love about your kids? Right. What are some positive things about your kids? And and here's where if you can really get them to start talking, what is something that uh, about your kids that's a positive trait that they got from your former spouse? Mm-hmm. Because there was obviously something you liked about their mom or their dad because you had a kid with them. And mm-hmm. now that you're not together, okay, there's still positives about that kid. There's still positives about that person. And so let's let's start from a foundation of whatever we have in common. And let's build from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, if, you know, if that doesn't work, or if that's a harder one to get into, then we start with common values. Like we both, you know, we both want our kids to be honest. We want our kids to be hardworking. We want our kids to have integrity. We want our kids to be respectful, whatever it may be. And we say, okay, well, let's start there and look at how we can build bridges from that kind of a foundation. So that's one of the things to start with is to just look at what you have in common that are positive things. Mm -hmm. Because it's very easy. I mean, as human beings, as fallen human beings, it's much easier and much more fun in a perverse kind of way to focus on the negative, you know, in a, in a twisted sort of way, it's way easier to focus on what we hate than what we love. And if we can set that aside and focus on what we love, if we can focus on what we enjoy, then that's a great place to start building from, um, and so uh, that's the place to start again. Another one is, like I mentioned, the, the values that you start with. Another one is just to, to look at very small ways to cooperate, whether that's a scheduling issue. Like, hey, listen, um, so our daughter has a choir something coming up, and she's got two practice performances. Would you like to or be able to take her to one of those rehearsals? Because I know you like to hear her sing as much as I do. Hmm. Because now you're, now you're working together in something that's not, even, it's not beneficial to you or to the other parent. It's beneficial to your kid, and you're showing your kid that you're willing to work together for their benefit.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and those are um, – it's a great way to just remind us that, hey, listen, what we're doing here is not trying to win. What mm-hmm. we're doing is trying to parent our child well together, and that means putting aside what I think might be best for the moment mm-hmm. so that we can work together towards something that we both agree is good.
0: Yeah, I imagine that's really, really tough for most people. <laughs> it it can be. I heard a great piece of advice one time that
2: talked about if you can if you can get them in the same room and sit them down together, bring a picture of your kids, put it right in front of you while you're talking. Yeah. As a very hmm. obvious visual reminder, because that way you're not looking at Why the person there. that makes you very angry.
0: Yeah. You're
2: looking at your kids that you still got to raise together. Right. You know. Um. um
0: I have a, a question that's actually not in the, the list here but sure. one that has come up in, in my mind in this. Um, for the step parents listening mm-hmm. or for in, in knowing how to relate to a, a step parent, um, what is their role in that?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, and that's one I had to learn from my wife because I've never been a Um, (laughs) step-parent. And it's, you know, and it's one that I hadn't really thought about. But there are some subtle but extremely important to understand differences between being a biological parent and a step-parent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of the ones is that uh, being a step-parent means having all of the responsibility of a parent with none of the guaranteed benefits. Mm. Hmm. because, you, because you, you're going to help with paying bills. You're going to help with raising the kids. You're going to help with the, being a taxi driver to and from athletic events and extracurriculars in school, and you're going to help with the, everything else. You're going to help with laundry and dishes and meals. You're not guaranteed any of those kids' love. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and so um, I have maintained for years that I would not have signed up to be a step-parent. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just no, like I've told my wife gig. that. Like, that's a really tough gig. And it's not one that I would have really volunteered for, but she has. And my ex-wife's husband has. They volunteered for it. Yeah. God bless them because we need them to be great at it. And they are. Um, And so part of their, to, to answer your question, part of the role of a step parent in terms of building those bridges is to do as much as the same gender biological parent will let you do.
1: Because uh-huh. the,
2: the, does that make sense? Because the yeah. danger is like, if you, if you want to be a really involved step parent, that's wonderful, but do so slowly mm-hmm. because even if, even if everything you do is well intended and everything you do is from a place of love, there is every chance that the biological parent of your same gender is going to feel encroached upon. Yeah. Yeah they're, they're going to feel like you're trying to usurp their role. Even if you have no into, even if you've said openly, I'm not trying to do that, they yeah. may still feel that way. Yeah. And, and so you just, you know, and that, again, it's not fair to step parents, but it is something to be aware of that that can be something that comes up. Yeah. And it takes the biological parent being willing to step back and say, okay, what's actually going on here is that my kid's step parent loves them too much question mark, you know, like, if if you have to have a problem with a step-parent, better it's on that end of the spectrum right. than the other <laughs> yeah, end. Yeah, right, true. absolutely. But at the same time, my kids are daughters, and so I don't know what it's like to be a mom with daughters mm-hmm. watching someone else help raise their daughters. Right. I imagine, I imagine if I had sons, it would be a lot harder for me to get along with my kid's step-dad. Yeah.
0: Hmm, okay. Interesting, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think that imagine. would...
2: I think that might be more difficult. And so that's, again, it's just a different dynamic that I didn't actually come up with that. When I was speaking at that conference in Orlando, somebody in the audience asked me that question. They said, do you think it'd be harder for you to get along with your parents, your kid's stepdad, if you had sons instead of daughters? And I thought, man, what a great question. That had never occurred to me to even think about. And upon reflection, absolutely, I think it would be harder, yes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, so it um, it gives me more grace towards my wife because she is the stepparent mm-hmm. trying to get along with my ex-wife mm-hmm. about raising their daughters together. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and that's really hard. And, and I don't know what that's like, what it does for me. Then it means, I mean, I need to have more compassion for my wife when she gets uh, frustrated or when she feels upset because she's trying to do things in a good way. And there's some, you know, some misunderstandings in there, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and I know that, I know that she and my wife, uh, or my wife and my ex-wife have worked really hard to do things well together in the past. They've gone shopping for kids' presents together. Mm-hmm. They've dealt with scheduling issues. And it's, again, it's, it's not all butterflies and roses,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: they right. do, they do put in a conscious effort to try to work well together, raising the kids and their stepdad and I have done the same thing. We coached our younger daughters, basketball and soccer teams together for a couple years. Um, wow. you know, and yeah, it was just a, it was fun because he and I are both sports guys, but it was also a really good, powerful example to set for our daughter to be able to say, look, not only can we get along, we can do something that we both enjoy that you're also a part of.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Awesome. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's difficult, but it's, it's worth it.
1: Yeah. And you know, I was thinking, I was wondering um, maybe what are some ways that you would encourage? So like um, in my scenario, my mom passed away, but I know there mm. are others who are, um, raising stepchildren who maybe the other spouse is not involved or, you know, there's no kind of split custody. How would you encourage step parents that don't really have the gender, uh, the same gender to kind of take their cues from, like they kind of Mm -hmm. are the main parent. How would you encourage them to, um, kind of thrive in that same scenario?
2: Yeah, that's tough. Um, I would say a couple things. First, I would say uh, don't be afraid to get help from outside your immediate family group. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just in terms of total transparency, one of the things that we are currently doing is we're getting some help from an outside counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, My my ex-wife's going to go talk with him. My daughter's going to go talk with him. I'm going to go talk with him. We're going to all get together and talk with him um, because there are just some issues that we're trying to work through that we have been unsuccessful working through on our own. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you're not sure what to do, um, you know, then that's okay. But find someone maybe who has more experience. So one of the people that I always direct blended families to is a guy named Ron Deal. I don't know if either of you are familiar with his work. Um, Mm -hmm. He's brilliant. He's got a website called uh, Family Life Blended. He's a pastor who's been doing this stuff for years. He wrote a book called The Smart Step Family. And that's the book that our pastor had my wife and I read before we got married. And it was extremely helpful in terms of uh, of being a resource for us to show us, um, get us to think about things we hadn't thought about and help us to realize that the biggest factor in blended family life is that it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I recommend Ron Deal's stuff to everybody. Smart Step Dad, Smart Step Mom, Smart Step Family. Check out his website. Check out his blog. Like He does a lot of really great work in that space. Um, so the first thing is just look for, look for help from people who know what they're talking about. Um, the second one is, um, to, and this is going to be really hard. And so I hesitate to recommend it, but I still do. Um, sometimes it's good to take your cues from your ex spouse. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, we have daughters together and I've never been a teenage girl, but my ex wife has. And so that means if, if I don't understand what's happening with our 15-year-old daughter or our 12-year-old daughter, my wife, because I'm remarried, she's going to have a better idea what's happening with them. If I wasn't remarried, my ex-wife would still probably have a better idea what's going on with my daughters than I do because she's been one. She's been a teenage girl. Now I've worked with teenagers for years. I coach high school girls soccer. I coach travel girls soccer. I, you know, I, I've taught high school for 13 years but teaching them or coaching them is not the same as being them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And so she is going to have insights into our kids that I may not have. Now I will fully admit, I don't like having to admit when my ex-wife knows more that than I do about what's happening with our kids. Like that, that's not fun to admit. It's not, it's not fun to admit when my wife knows more what's going on with our kids, just because uh-huh. I don't like being wrong. Right. <laughs> nobody, nobody does. No. But again, like, my wife and my ex-wife, they've been teenage girls.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I haven't. So I need to listen to what they have to say. And, uh, I would encourage dads out there, especially dads with daughters, like listen to what they are saying. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to remember is, is, you know, get help from someone who, uh, has a little bit more insight than we do. And sometimes that means listening, even when we'd rather not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the meat and potatoes of this, maybe especially for our audience, is going to be, um, how would you encourage parents and step-parents who have disagreements about how to parent? Maybe they have very different philosophies on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we know as parents, consistency is one of the most important things in family life. Mm -hmm. So how do you encourage consistency in parenting when maybe... The two different sets of parents have very different ideas.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. And that's one that comes up a lot, yeah. especially in, in you know, multiple household families, it comes up a lot and it gets extra complicated because no two people are completely consistent even in the same house, let alone when you got four people in two houses. Yeah. And so what I've found that really helps is even if you don't have consistency on the exact specifics, you can have consistency on the values. Or on the ideas the starting point so for example one of the things that we try to do consistently well during the school year is we try to have a set bedtime for our kids mm-hmm. because all the I mean you guys know all the research shows like having a consistent bedtime getting plenty of sleep mm-hmm. extremely crucial to raising kids that are you know stable emotionally and do well in mm-hmm. school and all those you know indicators right. right and and so bedtimes are a big deal well that doesn't mean we have to have the same bedtime at both houses. Hmm. What it means is we just need to have consistent bedtimes at each house. So the girls go to bed a little bit later at their mom's house, hmm. but they still have a consistent bedtime and they're mm-hmm. still getting plenty of sleep.
1: So, so their expectations, they know exactly. what their expectations are yeah. at each house. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. yeah. and the expectations at the house are, at each house are the same. The exact mm-hmm. time isn't the same. It may right. be eight 30 at our house. It may be nine fifteen at their mom's house, you know, but if they're still getting plenty of sleep, again, their grades aren't slipping, their, you know, their social life isn't, uh, they're not showing red flags in terms of um, social cues or whatever it may be. Like, okay, so they go to bed half an hour, 45 minutes later over there. They're not right. staying up till one in the morning. You know, they're not staying up all night and only getting two hours sleep. Like, that's not the case. So even if the... If the exact time isn't the same, the idea and the goal is still the same. That's one way that we've tried to find consistency with that. Or like uh, another example is with a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old daughter, clothing. What are they allowed to wear? What are they not allowed to wear? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, as the dad, I have very different issues of what I'd like for her to wear than what the mom would. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd, I'd like her to wear very baggy burlap sack type clothing
0: <laughs> all the time.
2: And um, apparently that's not realistic. So. <laughs> So what we do is we agree, okay, well, let's, let's just make sure that our kids learn about modesty. Yeah,
1: right.
2: Now, modesty may not mean exactly the same thing in both houses, mm-hmm. but the idea is still there. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's a place where we can cooperate on the big issue, even if the specifics aren't exactly the same. And again, that takes a little bit of give and take from both houses to be willing to do that.
0: Yeah. I have uh, another question that's not, not on the list, but it just popped into my head. Sorry. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, bring them. But... I'm really curious how you advise people to handle situations where the uh, the other parent, the ex parent, uh, well, not ex parent, but the ex wife or ex husband, mm-hmm. um, is uncooperative and almost intentionally so. Like that has yeah. to be a really common situation, honestly, mm-hmm. from the situations I've heard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and again, that's a question that comes up a lot because unfortunately it is a relatively common situation. So one of the things that I'm putting together is actually a little bit of a just a free program that I'm going to give away that addresses that topic specifically. Um, What do you do? How do you work well with a difficult co-parent?
0: Yeah.
2: And there's I would say there's two facets to it. One has to do with the parent to parent relationship. The other has to do with the parent to child relationship. So mm. in the parent to parent relationship, what you want to do is again, figure out what you do have in common with the difficult co-parent from mm. a place of values, because I've, there aren't any parents who are going to say, what I want is a kid who's disrespectful and lies to me and has <laughs> no integrity and is completely irresponsible. Like, okay. And so if, what that means is even if you and your, x don't agree on the specifics let's at least agree that we want our kid to have these kind of values and then maybe the way that we go about teaching them is different but we know we want them to have those those kind of character traits and how do we build bridges from there um and and honestly one of the first steps even before you can get to that conversation is how do you get to a place where you can have a civil conversation with each other Mm-hmm. And, and I, oh, yeah. I, I actually had a little bit of that discussion this morning with someone. Um, it's actually a relative of mine. She's divorced and remarried and uh, her husband is divorced and remarried and their exes are different kind of people. And, you know, I told her, I said, uh, there's actually a couple really good apps that are designed specifically for blended families. There's one called Our Family Wizard. Um, that's really helpful. It's, it, it's got a calendar and chat things and it makes it very easy to wear. If you, cause again, been through divorce, understand there are certain situations where you just cannot even tolerate the sound of someone else's voice for a while. Yeah, and if that's the case, cause there's just a lot of hurt. If that's the case, then great. Don't call them on the phone.
1: Mm-hmm. Text,
2: use, use the app to text them a message. Now be very careful with your tone because it's notoriously easy to misunderstand the tone of voice in a text message.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
2: So you do have to choose to believe in the good intent Mm -hmm.
0: of your other, Mm -hmm.
2: of your, of your co-parent. And that's what you asked about Katie. Like they seem almost willful in their right uncooperativeness or whatever the right word for that is. Right. And uh, that's really, it can be very difficult to deal with. What I would say is you need to humbly and consistently do the right thing, Mm -hmm. even when it's hard, because eventually that other parent will come around. Mm. Mm Hmm. I, I fully believe that because again, either, either they're going to come around or the kids will pick up on the fact that mom is trying to work well with dad.
1: Mm. Dad's yeah. being,
2: dad's just being kind of a butthead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
2: know? Um, yeah. and no, that's and, true. Yeah. Cause kids aren't dumb. And as they get older, they get even less dumb, you know, or less <laughs> not dumb. I don't know what the right, anyway, <laughs> they become even smarter. Kids aren't dumb to begin with. They become even smarter. And that's so they right. pick up on some of those cues.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: So yeah, uh, again, our family wizard is a great one. There's another one. I can't remember the name of it right now. I don't want to look it up, but there's a couple different good blended family apps out there. Um, Oh, it's called talking parents is the other one. Uh, (laughs) our family wizard and talking parents, uh, they're, they're co-parenting apps you can download and they help you with, you know, figuring out what you have to logistically without turning it into a big fat fight. Um, so those are things that can, uh, that can be helpful in terms of getting along with difficult co-parents. And then again, once you've established clear lines of communication, mm-hmm. the next thing is presenting a united front to your kids on whatever issues you can. Uh, again, my, my ex-wife and I don't agree on everything. We do agree on certain parameters for our daughters, whether it has to do with clothing or technology or dating or whatever it is. We try to come to agreements where they know they're going to get the same thing at both houses.
0: Mm-hmm. And it,
2: it, it's not ever going to be perfect, um, but it's what we strive for anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: So I have a question for you and you've lived this. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, sure. We have several single moms in our community um, mm-hmm. that I'm sure at some point would like to remarry. Um, mm-hmm. And probably some single dads too. I'm just not aware of them. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to them? Um, you know, advice you'd give to someone who has children, mm-hmm. um, and maybe hasn't remarried yet, as far as looking for a new spouse to work together with as a potential new step parent to their children.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good one because, uh, as you mentioned too, that's becoming more and more common just because of um, people having kids younger or um, just divorce becoming more common. Mm-hmm. Being a single parent with kids uh, is something that is out there a lot and it's, um, it can be really difficult. I I was a single parent for a few years before I remarried. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
2: um, so the, the, the single biggest piece of advice that immediately jumps into my head is take it very slowly in terms of who you introduce your children to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, so for example, before my wife and I married, I dated one other person for a number of months and she met my kids maybe one time and the kids didn't even remember it. Like it came up in conversation a few months ago and my older daughter went, what? You dated her? Oh, (laughs) well, yeah. yeah. And it it actually made me glad they didn't remember it because what you don't want Mm -hmm. is to be introducing your kids to multiple people that they're going to form natural kid attachments to. Yes. Right. And then they're gone again. Like that's, that's not a good situation. So um, take it very, very slowly in terms of introducing your kids to another adult in that sort of way. I mean, wait months. Um, If there's not any idea of marriage on the horizon, I wouldn't introduce them to your kids. Mm. Yeah. Because what's the positive? Like, what would be the good side of that if things go downhill? Mm -hmm. Right. It's not one.
0: And I imagine for for the children in the situation that it's more than just, uh, you know, a bond with an adult. This is someone that you're viewing currently as a potential parent Yep. in a way you know even though you may not i won't call her mom or i won't call right. him dad there's that like right. there's that part of it but internally there's just no way to avoid viewing this person as a as a parent mm-hmm. correct uh, and that that type of bond has already unfortunately right. been way broken mm-hmm. and that that could be a lot of added trauma if that happens again and again and again yeah
2: Absolutely. And, and the older the kid, uh, the more difficult that becomes. So when, when, uh, when I divorced, my kids were very young. My younger one was um, two or three.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My older one was five or six, something like that. So they were pretty young. Um, but, you know, imagine how difficult it is if the kids are 10 and 12 when the split happens.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then your kids are now 14 and 16 or 12 and 14 when you're thinking of dating and they're thinking of dating.
1: Yeah, that's
2: true. And so the older the kids are, the more time it takes for a blended family to become a cohesive unit. That's one of the things that Ron Deal teaches in his books is that um, the older the kids are, the longer it takes for those things to work well together. Mm. Um, Also the older they are, the more questions they're going to have. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Because
2: a a seven year old is not going to ask the same questions about the person that daddy is spending time with as Mm -hmm. a 13 year old would.
1: Yeah. Right. And so
2: again, you just got to be careful about when you introduce your kids to that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and that actually brings up a question I just was thinking about, is how transparent were you with your kids when you started dating? And did you find anything helpful or unhelpful to um, talk to or withhold from them during that time?
2: Well, when, we, when my wife and I were dating, um, we didn't actually – Tell the kids about it until we were sure that it was going to be something that was pretty permanent. And when we did, we we sat them down and talked with them about it. We said, "Hey, listen. So, um, Dad and Mel, her name's Mary Ellen. The girls call her Mel. Um, and so, you know, Dad and Mel are dating, and we're thinking about getting married at some point in the not too distant future. And here's kind of what that would look like in terms of her living in the house and and being, you know." being a Mm -hmm. part of our lives here. And it actually was neat because um, when we were dating, she lived like a block away. Mm -hmm. And um, because of our schedules, I won't get into all of it, but because of our schedules, she would come over to my house. I would leave for work and she would get the girls fed and then take them to school on the weeks the girls were with me. Hmm. And so it was, it was kind of a nice sort of halfway between Mel actually living and being like us being one big unit. And, Mel just being someone who came over for dinner sometimes. That's kind of how it started was mm-hmm. she would come over and spend dinner time to bedtime with us. Oh, and then she awesome. would come over and spend some morning time with us. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we got married, it wasn't her coming to be with us. It was, we are us, we are one big unit now. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a decent amount of an easier transition. And I was okay. very thankful we were able to do that. Um, I do remember when we first told the girls that, that Mel and I were thinking about getting married, we were driving down the road and, and our younger daughter just broke down and started crying. Mm. Because it drove home for her the permanence of her parents being split. And we just pulled the car over and we talked about it for a few minutes and we told her like it's okay to be upset about that. Yeah. Understand. Like you're right. It is hard and you need to grieve that and that is okay. Um and it wasn't easy, it wasn't fun, Mm -hmm. but it was important because again, like the kids in this situation, they need to know if you're angry a bit at your parents for being split up, that's okay. It's normal. Yeah. Now let's yeah. get you just, let's, let's have you talk with someone about that that can help you
1: mm-hmm. again, a
2: counselor, pastor, whatever. Um, but let's not, we don't ever need to tell our kids that if you're angry at this, you just need to get over it. Yeah. right, like, no, right. no, no, no. It, I understand you're angry. That's okay. It's, it's, it's normal for you to feel that way. Let's get some help so you can figure out how to move beyond that hurt, beyond that pain. Um, so that we can, you know, come back together a little bit better. And again, that's an ongoing process. Yeah, Uh, but it's important for kids to hear that message of if you're upset with us, that's okay
0: Yeah, actually that really really leads perfectly into the next questions Which are what are some ways that you've kept your bond with your children strong While Mm -hmm. still encouraging them to bond with their step parent? That sounds like a really good one
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so one of the and I I just read something about this the other day One of the great ways is to find what your kids like Mm -hmm. and do some of those things so, um, because it, it'd be really easier for me to try to spend time with my kids only doing things I enjoy. So watching soccer games or, you know, playing video games or what talking about, Lord of the Rings, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> right. Thank Lord you. Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no.
2: Oh, well, that's okay. Um, but. That has limited value. Instead, what I really would like to do even better is find things that my kids love and spend time encouraging them in that. So like our older yeah. daughter has a beautiful singing voice. She's extremely talented. She's worked really hard to get good at that. And so I, I like to encourage her in her singing. Like, I like, baby, I like to hear you sing. And so the other night she, um, she was singing and she was, da- she was doing some dance that is popular now. And so she wanted to teach her younger sister and I how to do this dance. And so we spent 30 or 40 minutes Learning how to do—I don't even know what it's called—some um, sort of some sort of dance, and um, <laughs> I'm terrible at dancing. <laughs> I mean, just terrible at it. Like she, t- she even told me she said, "Dad, for being like an old dad, that wasn't too bad."
0: Aw, <laughs> that's a pretty big compliment.
2: <laughs> Thanks, that's I appreciate great. that. Yeah. So, in <laughs> the in the in the category of old dads, I wasn't that bad. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And and with our younger daughter, like she's enjoying Mario Kart. She just has taken up the game of volleyball. And so we'll go in the backyard, we'll hit the volleyball sometimes, Um, you know, but find things that your kids enjoy and -hmm. spend time with them. So for my daughter, she does not love, neither one of them loves Lord of the Rings the way that I do. And I lament that, but I forgive them for it. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, Because they also, they really love Harry Potter.
0: Okay, yes. well, then there you go. <laughs> and that's
2: fine. So, so we, uh, so we, like, last summer, I, I had never – re- I'd watched the movies. I'd listened to the audiobooks. I hadn't ever read all the Harry Potter series. So I read the entire book series in the summer. So oh, that, nice. I, Yeah, so that I could understand a little bit more of where my daughter was coming from in terms of some of her references or jokes or things like that, you know. Aww. Um. And it's just uh, – so another one of the things that I did was – um one of the summers, not long after i had been divorced, I was gone for three weeks working at a Duke tip, um, institute. Um, so like, uh, you know, gifted kids go to Duke for the summer for a few weeks. And so I was doing, I was doing one of those things. I was out of town. I was gone from the kids for three weeks. That's the longest I'd ever been away from home. And so what I thought was, well, while I'm gone, I should learn a couple of things that I can bring home and teach to my kids because they were, I don't know, nine and seven at the time, something like that. And so while I was gone, I learned how to do a couple of different types of hair braids. I learned how to French braid and fishtail braid.
0: Oh, nice. And, um,
2: I learned how to salsa dance well enough to teach seven and nine-year-old how to salsa dance. <laughs> so that when I came home, it was like, hey, I've really missed you. Here are a couple souvenirs. But also, let me show you this cool thing that dad learned how to do.
1: Oh, yeah. like, that's awesome.
2: So, so I could braid my kid's hair. And now it doesn't – I mean, you know how it is when – you can tell when dad dressed the kids for church versus when mom dressed the kids <laughs> for
1: church.
0: <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> Oh, dad oh, fixed so your hair today,
2: Diddy, that kind of thing. And oh, that's
0: right. so
1: true.
2: <laughs> so so now I could fix my kid's hair without them being embarrassed about it.
1: Yeah, Oh, that's, that's, cool.
0: that's really sweet.
2: And so it was just a way to try to do something that would allow me to show them that I love them in a way that they would understand.
0: You know, what I love about all of this from um, yeah, just everything in regards to how you're treating your kids and uh is just how perfectly it does fit in with gentle parenting, even though you may not have originally, you know, through their <laughs> younger years, raised them gently uh, or in the, like, the right. official gentle yeah. sense Yeah, no, philosophy. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, That this is still such a gentle approach with them, like, recognizing yeah. their needs and how... Their emotions, it, yeah. Yeah. And that they actually are separate people that aren't mm-hmm. just supposed to be expected to go along with everything perfectly, that they're going right. to get angry and upset about it, that they're going to have needs and connection needs and, you know, re- uh, expression needs and all sorts of things uh, through this process. Um, that it's so important for us to to remember that it's not just about yeah me and my ex-husband or me and my ex-wife. Right. But it's, yep. it, you know, your kids are just as involved in this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
2: and they need to be, actually, they need to be the focal point in terms of um, you and your ex getting along well. That's one of the key, like the first things that I stress is it... <sighs> So I'm, I'm reading a book right now about parenting and it says, you know, the most important thing that a dad can do to raise his kids well is to love their mom. Mm-hmm. And I told like, I think that's exactly right. Like your marriage needs to be strong if you're going to raise your kids well. Well, what does that mean if you're already divorced? It means that you still need to treat your ex spouse well. Mm-hmm. And it means that you need to put your kids needs in front of your own needs when it comes to relating to your ex. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I'm not great at that. I don't want to make it sound like I'm Superman at these things because I'm not. In fact, we've had some pretty serious disagreements over the past few months just because of different views of things. And uh, again, like that's part of why we're going to go see a counselor soon and try to get help because uh, this is real life. Like real life is messy and real life means I, I don't have all the answers and real life means I need help to figure out how to relate to my daughters better because like i I was just getting the hang of 12 and 13 and now they're 15 and 12 instead of 12 and 10, you know, like just, just when I thought I was getting the hang on where we are now, we're in a different developmental stage. Well, crap. I gotta, I gotta learn that one too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but no, I, I love the, um, I love the gentle parenting approach. I think I said, my, my kids probably would have appreciated it when they were younger. Um, (laughs) because I, the other part is I, I was, I was overly harsh with our kids when they were little. I was a little bit, my dad was military. My mom was military. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I was, I was also very stern and strict with our kids when they were little and yeah. looking, looking back, I can see multiple times when I hurt them simply because my expectation of their behavior was not realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, and you know, I can't go back and change that, but I can try to do better moving forward. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's the best we can do. And so I'm, I'm thankful to be able to get help to try to figure out how to do this better. And I'm thankful that um, my wife, my ex-wife, uh, her husband, like we can all do these things. We had, a, we had a big conference about a month and a half ago. We had like a two-hour get-together at a local restaurant to talk about how our 15-year-old is interested in dating. So what are the rules for that going to be?
0: Mm. Yeah. So
2: let's have a big conference and sit down. That way we're all on the same page. She was there as well. So we got some of her thoughts and feedback. So it wasn't just us mandating to her, here's how it's oh, going to go. Oh, that's great. Um, love that. You know, and I, I would love to take full credit for that. Yeah, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was not my idea. And honestly, no. like I was very thankful for the feedback from my wife and from my ex-wife because again, they know 15-year-old girls better than I do.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. right.
2: That's not fun to admit. I'd like to think I know everything about my kids and I know how to raise them perfectly. Just fine. Thank you. (laughs) But that's not realistic. Right.
0: Well, that's really, really cool to hear because that's again, it's right in line with, with gentle parenting. And it's so great that you were open to that because like you said, it is hard. And especially in situations, I think where you might be, um, there's still obviously I think some pain there and mm-hmm. that's a there's a lot to work through and you're resistant naturally and uh to say, you know what? No, we're gonna sit down, I'm gonna listen, that's a big mm-hmm. step. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think it's really important yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Well I, I appreciate it. It's uh you know, I, I tell people, um, after after my ex wife and I divorced, uh, the next couple of years were the hardest in my whole life because You can only blame other people for so long, Mm -hmm. and eventually you have to look in the mirror and start taking responsibility for your own issues. And Mm -hmm. that also means, really unfortunately, it means confronting your own sin and admitting to it,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, and and realizing kind of the depths of our own depravity and uh, and sinfulness, and realizing I'm not just a good person who sins, I'm a really sinful person who sometimes gets it right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's and a pretty humble, humble place to get to. It,
2: it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, and it's not yeah. fun to have to revisit, but it's, it's the truth.
1: Yeah.
2: And, you know, once we realize that, well, that's when we can start making progress. That's when we can start moving forward. And that's when we can also realize that we need help from other people who have been doing this longer than we have. So, you know, I talk with my wife's parents a ton about raising kids because they raised two daughters and a son. And mm-hmm. they did it really well. And, um, I actually just this morning I called my, he was my high school soccer coach and my youth pastor and he's kind of my mentor now. Um, and he's raised three teenage daughters, you know, and so I was talking with him some about it because I, you know, he's already been through it. I'm kind of winging my way right now. Mm-hmm. So let's get some advice from people who know more than we do and, and let's see how we can move forward. So I'm really yeah. thankful to have the chance to try to encourage other people and, and do that same kind of thing.
0: Yeah. that's well, awesome. Uh, um, I don't mean to interject again. I just uh, have another (laughs) thought that this is just really good stuff for there's a lot of people in our group who um, are not necessarily in parts of uh, blended families, but Mm -hmm. they are coming to gentle parenting much later. And mm-hmm. I just think this is really good for them to hear that you may be, uh, learning about yourself, uh, learning about uh, different ways of relating to people a lot later in your parenting, mm-hmm. journey, but that your kids are always going to desire connection with you. And they're always going right. to desire to be, uh, heard and understood and, and right. treated like uh, another human being with opinion. Right. And it's really cool to hear that this journey, how this journey has gone for you, even though it didn't start out, you know, gently, <laughs> it, it really culminated in some pretty cool, um, cool things for you guys. Yeah. yeah,
2: well, thank you for that encouragement. It is, it's, um, again, I, I wish I could say that I, I perfectly have it and I'm doing it wonderfully well, but the truth is I have, throughout their lives, I've not been very good at hearing the needs of my daughters. And I'm learning how to do that better. In fact, that's, that's one of the big sources of pain for my older daughter is that for a long time, she just hasn't felt heard by me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, you know, that's hard to say. That's hard to admit. But I know that it is the truth. And so if, even if I feel like I've been doing it, guess what? If she hasn't felt heard, that means I'm not hearing her. Yeah. Right. right. So I, so I need to figure out. And so that's, you know, that's what we're working toward now. That's why we're going to go get help and see how we can do better because I want to, uh, I want to make sure that I can make sure that I can do that better than we have done in the past. I want to learn how to hear her better and hear her heart better and understand where they're coming from. So yeah. if there are other people out there that are in that same kind of situation, like I would encourage you definitely learn how to listen better. I'm learning. I'm trying to learn how to listen better. Um, and listen to as much as what they're not saying as to what they are. Hmm. Um, and it's, I wish, I wish there were a graph that I could show to show how bad I am at understanding all things female. Um, (laughs) like I could, I could tell dozens of stories about uh, my, so my, I tell people my superpower is the ability to unintentionally anger women of all ages.
0: (laughs) Oh <laughs> no! That's a really uh, bad superpower to have.
1: It's,
2: it's I don't really know awful. I
0: would call that a superpower.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, um, so like the example I told someone this morning was I, um, when my wife and I were dating, we had dinner at a parent's house, and we're going to sit down at the table, and there's six or eight seats around the table. She said, "Where are you going to sit?" And I said, "Oh, wherever you're not."
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah, yeah, I see
2: what you're saying. Exactly, oh see, yeah, what I meant by that was, I don't want to take your seat, and what she heard was, I just I don't want sit to sit near you, you. Yeah. that sort oh, of no. comment, that happens all the time oh, in my funny. world.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, look, I have two daughters, I have a girl's soccer team, and I say that stuff all the time.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry
2: for them, too, like, i <laughs> But it's one of those where I have, to, I have to learn when I say that and I see the look on their face and I think, "Ooh, I got that wrong.
0: Wait a oh, minute, yeah.
2: Yeah. And so the, the turnaround time for I said something stupid and now I've realized it is getting shorter and that counts as progress.
1: That is progress. That, that is progress. Right. That's like oh, the good. definition of progress. Right. <laughs>
2: That's great. But, but I'm, you know, I'm sure there are other dads out there like that. And it's just, I want to encourage them that like, it, it can get better. You can improve. Don't, don't hide behind me. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I did that for a lot of years, and it just causes more hurt
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah.
2: and it's it's not it's worth it to to use that as an excuse to not work on self improvement and work on your relationships so yeah. Um, but yeah
1: well, on the topic of imperfections, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just had one last question that I wanted sure. to make sure we got to because I think this is just monumental as far as blended families go. Um, how do you encourage? biological parents to handle their children's complaints about a step-parent, especially if that complaint is legitimate. Um, Right. We're not perfect people, so your new spouse is going to have issues that are going to come out in the family. How do you handle Mm -hmm. that? Because it's a much more, I think, I think children can be more naturally critical of a Mm step-parent. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, especially like you said, uh, especially if it's legitimate, because now they have a valid complaint that you can't right. even deny this thing. And,
1: yeah, right. no, that's totally
2: uh. fair. Um, so that's a really that's a really good question. I would say the first part of it is and what we've tried to do is maintain that you need to be respectful to all of the adults in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So even if you have a valid complaint about your step parent, the way that you voice that needs to be in respectful terms. Don't yeah, don't come to me and badmouth my wife. Don't come to me and badmouth your mom. Don't come to me and badmouth your stepdad. Hmm. That's not okay. Now you're welcome to tell me if you have a legitimate concern, but don't just come and complain because you don't like something. Well, I can't believe that Mel made me do my laundry again. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree with that one. But you know, <laughs> but it, you know it. So what I would what I would encourage the biological parents to do is to hear where their kid is coming from to really listen. Don't, don't just dismiss their complaint, right? That's the first thing is like we just talked about, try to really hear them. But then let's see if we can get together and form a cooperative way to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've heard from uh, lots of people in the military is, uh, don't come to me with a complaint unless you have a solution. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. great with other adults, but I don't recommend that with a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that means we as the adults need to come up with a solution. So I would say that part of it is hear what they are saying and then talk about it with that, whatever that adult is, whether it's your spouse, their step parent or whether it's a step parent in the other home. Talk with them about it in private, not in front of the kid. Mm-hmm. Right? One, one of the big things, one of the 10 commandments of blended family life that I tell people is handle your issues on your time. Handle mm-hmm. adult issues only with the adults around. Don't handle adult issues in front of the kids or using the kids as part of the process.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Right? So I would, you know, I'd encourage them to, uh, to talk about those things privately and then come to a joint place where you can move forward. And then again, one of the most powerful examples we as parents can have is to apologize to our kids mm-hmm. and acknowledge when we were wrong and say, okay, you know what, this thing right here, I handled that poorly and I'm really sorry, I-, I need you to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I had to do that with my younger daughter just a couple weeks ago about something big that had happened and I had, it, it didn't have anything to do with her, but I was angry about something that had nothing to do with her and I was taking it out on her for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Just not bad, but just being a little short with my words and a little harsher right. with my comments. And, and I, I finally just told her, I said, listen, here's what's going on. I'm really sorry. I've been taking it out on you. I need you to please forgive me. And so we can move forward and I will try not to do that anymore. Yeah. And it, you know, again, it's not fun it's not easy. Like we are the authority. We're supposed to know what we're doing and get everything right. And that's just not true.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, Sometimes being the authority means being willing to be the first one to apologize and try to fix things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, we,
2: we expect our kids to apologize when they hurt somebody's feelings. Right. We tell them that all the time. Well, you were mean to your sister. You need to apologize. Well, great. So if I'm mean to my kids, guess what? I need to teach them how to apologize.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yes. such a huge thing in gentle parenting is modeling, 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 mm-hmm. um, just yeah. showing your kids what, you, what is good and right behavior, um, and that, right. that is actually not even a secondary source of parenting. That is the primary. <laughs> right. That's yeah, primary and
2: you're exactly way. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Kids learn by watching. Uh, I heard a story uh, from a pastor about when he had, a, his son was younger, he was cutting the grass. And uh the yard had a wonky corner, so he's pushing the mower and he'd get to the corner and he'd push it down and hike his leg up and turn the corner and his <laughs> son is using one of those old bubble lawnmower toys behind him. And his son's pushing the little bubble lawnmower toy, got to that corner and hiked it down and hitched it up and
1: Oh my you know, gosh. That is so cute. Yeah. That's so he had, true though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The the five year old boy had no idea why he's doing that. He's just that's how daddy did it, so this is how I do it.
0: Yeah. That's, adorable. that's really cute.
2: You know? And it's like, okay, well, there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah.
2: exactly what you're talking about in terms of modeling. Like, And so what that means is, and this is really humbling, when I see my kids doing things consistently that I don't like, there's a really good chance they learn that from me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ouch.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah ouch is exactly the right response.
1: <laughs> that's going to be a graphic on our page this week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dang
1: it. Yeah, that hurt? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. And that's, you know, and but that's one of the things that we have to um, – and, and here's the danger for both regular, you know, traditional households and blended families. It's really tempting to say, well, I know you learned that behavior from your mom. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a very good chance they learned that behavior from me.
1: Mm.
2: Now, maybe they mm. did learn it from their mom, but I guarantee they also saw some of that in me. Mm-hmm. And so, we're, you know, the, the worst thing I could do is start blaming things on the other parent. Like, that's not going right. to help I- anybody. I doubt so.
0: that that's very productive, even if it was picked right. up from the other parent.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's not going to do anybody any good to say, well, if you just didn't do this the way your dad did, well, yeah. like that's not building anybody up. That's not encouraging anybody. That's not, that's not helping anybody's relationship.
0: No. Yeah. I think that no. also, it sounds like something that would stick with someone uh, yes. and become part of their identity. Like, yeah. It's a, it's
2: a sort of comment that gets stuck in their head for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, Joel, this has just been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, We've just enjoyed having you on so much. Um, For our listeners, we will include all of the resources that Joel recommended in our show notes, um, for sure. And we will also keep you up to date. Uh, He has his first online course called The Ten Commandments for Blended Family Life coming out soon. So we Mm -hmm. will keep our followers up to date on that. And you can follow Joel. We recommend following him on his social media pages, uh, reallifeleading.com. It's his website. And, uh, I'm sure you can find him on Facebook just by searching real life leading as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Thank you both very much for having me on. I've had a great time. Um, I'm really excited about the work you guys are doing and I enjoy seeing the encouragement that you're providing for a lot of families. So, uh, it's oh. been a pleasure talking with you today and I hope that, uh, Hope your listeners learned something. Hope they were encouraged. And if I can help anybody out there, definitely tell them to get in touch with me. And I'd love to uh, hear how I can be of service to them. So thank you.
0: That's great. Thanks, Joel. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Tending Lambs Community Group. You can follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tending Lambs, and find the show notes page and lots of other gentle parenting resources at our website tendinglamps.com. Until next time.